0: Living off borrowed time the clock tick faster. That'll be the hour they knock the slick blaster. Dick dastardly and muttly with sick laughter. A gunfight and they come to cut the mixed master. I.C.E. Cole. Nice to be old. y 2 g Steve twice to threefold. He sold scrolls low and behold. Know who's the illest ever like the greatest story told. Keep your glory gold and glitter for half half of his niggas that take him out the picture. The other half is rich and it don't mean shit to. Villain a mixture between both with a twist of liquor chasing with more beer. Tasting like truth Dear, when he at the mic, it's like the place get like, oh yeah, it's like they know what's about to happen. Just keep your eye out, like eye eye capping. Is he still a fly guy clapping if nobody ain't hear it? And can they testify from in the spirit? Nah. And living the true gods, giving y'all nothing but the lick, like two broads. Got more lyrics in the church, got ooh lords. And he hold the mic in your attention like two swords. Or you the one with two blades on it? Hey you. Touch the mic like it's AIDS on
1: it. Welcome back everybody to the DMP Pod. Today is April <laughs> April 21st. Ooh, you almost fumbled that one already. What a bad start. <laughs> April 21st, uh 2022, uh day after 420. Um we're recording this on 420. Um the uh schoolboys that we are, neither one of us are high, but we're still doing all right. But uh as always, uh Matt, how are we doing this evening? doing good uh
2: it's funny you re- you mentioned it's 420 today while we're recording this it's also Rocco Thompson's birthday Clay's dog Happy so birthday, leave it Rocco leave it to Clay Thompson to assign his dog 420 is his birthday it's just the most clay thing you can do
1: um but that's what we love Yeah, I think you said, uh, I got him in April. I don't know exactly what date. 420 is an easy day to remember. So you got to love it. (laughs) Shout shout out to Clay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We got a good episode today. We're going to talk, obviously, a lot of playoffs. um, Obviously, catch up on some winning time. But I figured uh, we'd be remiss to not start by talking about uh, the Niners situation. And all that is going on with Debo Samuel today. Uh, Wednesday, I guess, he... It reported that he requested a trade formally, which essentially is safe to say he would no longer be a 49er by the start of next season, um, which is a bummer. It's for a season that we had last year, how everything ran through Debo. We had such promise going into the next couple of years with Debo as like our go-to guy to see it just go to shit in only a matter of weeks um, the way it has and still really haven't heard much as to, Exactly why, but bad day for the Niners fans I don't know what are you. Uh, what are your initial reactions?
2: Such a gut punch, dude. Like you mentioned, to lose a integral like playmaker like this. Not only is he our wide receiver, our running back. Like he's our third down guy. He's he's the guy that just fucking gets it done. So this is beyond depressing to <laughs> to see that this came out. Ian Rappaport tweeted out today. Um. Money is not the root of the issue for Debo Samuel. Otherwise that could have been fixed with a big offer, but there are also issues with how he's used. So, I mean, I guess he doesn't like to get the ball every fucking play. I'm assuming he's seeing all these big receivers getting these big money contracts. And if you're going to be used as a running back, that's twice as likely that you're going to get hurt and injured and not get to that next big bag. I'm assuming that's his issue um, with the nine dogs, but. I don't know, man. It's just it fucking stinks to lose someone, especially somebody you drafted. Like we saw the talent. We went and got the talent. It worked out not long ago either. Like, (laughs) no, he's isn't he still on a rookie deal? Like, yeah, it's like his third, fourth season. Yeah, I think it's his third season and first healthy season. So it's just like it feels like the NFL is turning into the NBA as far as player empowerment and these guys dictating where they want to go and what they want to do, which I'm never going to knock them for that. Like, get your money. Do, do like go where you want to go but
1: fucking stinks when it's your team yeah it's like and and I know I never think much into the whole like I think the first report we heard was like Debo unfollow the Niners on Instagram and you get those like initial rumblings and then like right then it's like these top receivers are holding out and it's usually like okay that makes sense like he wants the bag he deserves a bag he's not going to come until he gets something signed and then it's like he's frustrated he doesn't want to be here and it's like well, what the fuck has happened over the last couple of weeks? And they're keep saying it's not about money. Like, I get it longevity wise, like running backs take a beating. He took a beating last year. If you're looking at it from like a, you know, building generational wealth, like the way he gets the ball pretty much every other down and for how the, how his body just takes hits throughout a year. You could it's pretty. You can make a case where this contract could be his only one if he stays playing like that over the next couple of years. So, absolutely. NFL contracts start aren't long. We NFL contracts rarely guarantee the whole thing. It's very owner or team centric. So, I'm all for the player empowerment. It just sucks that like there's nothing that we can or are doing to try to remedy the situation and. We just have to let like one of the most exciting players we've had since fuck, I don't know. Like one of the most exciting players, especially on the receiving side, I would say. Um since and forever, TL, right? Yeah, and forever. Um, so it's it's a bummer. Um, good to know that we're selling high, so we will get a nice haul. Um it's draft season. It's draft season, but I mean, you can't replace someone like Debo, man. Like he was yeah, like, yeah, it's a shame. I hate to see him go, but It's a business
2: sucks. Um, Yeah. I mean, I guess the timings, I mean, everything that I've read and seen is that like the Niners knew this was coming, obviously, like the the contract extensions, the talks wore down a while ago. So they they saw that it would be heading this way. But I mean, with the draft in what, a week or two, I think it's next week. week. Right. So yeah. If you're going to get a good haul with a lot of draft picks i guess this would be the year to do it we sold most of our draft picks last year for trey lance so if we can recoup them it sucks that we have to give up debo uh, who could have been like the perfect compliment to trey but who knows man um what do i see here it's five possible destinations for all pro receiver debo samuel list of five teams here this one would make me extremely angry uh, first one on the list: Kansas City Chiefs. Samuel just re- replaced Tyreek as Patrick Mahomes' go-to guy. That would be infuriating.
1: They'd put him in the like Andy Reid would put him in the same system, like <laughs> correct. Yeah, he'd be running the ball. <laughs> he'd be running the ball because that's what he's good at. So, like, right. Uh, Who else we got here? New York Jets. There's that seems I likely. Do. I feel like that one's like getting the most traction. Mm-hmm. Robert Sala's there. Um, they can obviously pay, but again, he's going to be used in the same fashion. When you have Zach Wilson as a quarterback, who's terrible, so like not good. Yeah, yeah,
2: I don't see how that would benefit him very much besides getting a contract. Like, I don't, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Detroit Lions—that would be That's, another horrible <laughs> place for him to land. New Orleans Saints. Uh, that who, makes Would, would that'd be, be pretty cool. Jameis Winston would be his quarterback, I would imagine. Yeah. Uh, and then the last one, I hope to God that this doesn't happen, but Green Bay Packers. They Jesus. just lost Devontae to the Raiders. I'm sure Aaron Rodgers is pulling whatever strings he can to, to get in his guys, and why wouldn't he want Debo Samuel? I'm just praying that we wouldn't we wouldn't be dumb enough to trade away our best player to <laughs> a conference rival.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, ideally, that person would not be in the NFC. A uh, team won't be in the NFC, but yeah, you got to do what's best. It's just like I'm just looking at his – Stats from last year like 1500 receiving yards, 500 rushing yards, 16 touchdowns, and we're like, just gonna let that not let it go, but we have nothing to we can't save it. And it's just, yeah, how do you not remedy that? I don't know. What are your thoughts on? I've been like following the conversation, and like, as Niners fans, people are getting like way more pissed off at Debo to the point where they're like, fuck him, you'll never find a system like Shanahan's, like, <laughs> what What are your thoughts on that,
2: that take? I mean, both can be true. Yeah, he, he, he wants to get out. He doesn't want to be used like this anymore. And it's probably also true that he'll never end up in a system where he's going to be used to produce that much. So both sides are true. But again, I can't blame him. I'm never going to blame a guy for wanting to get to a bag and get to another better situation for what he thinks. Yeah. And if I was taking all those fucking hits all season and all playoffs long, I'd probably want to go somewhere where you're just going to throw me the ball anyway, like throw me a fucking deep ball.
1: Yeah. I, I do think that like, I mean, if if he goes to a team that's going to like limit his touches in the backfield, like I will be fucking really shocked if wherever he goes, they're not going to try to put him in a similar system. Cause like what team's not going to look at his stats from last year and be like, we need that from you. Like we're paying you all this money. Maybe we're not going to give it to you as much as the Niners did, but like, we want close to 500 yards out of you rushing, dude. Like, you yeah. can do this. So I, we'll see. I, I don't know. I hope we just get a good haul, and I hope it's someone from the AFC, and we don't have to face them in the division or just a conference rival. Yeah,
2: because I know that would come back around and and bite us every time we'd match up against them.
1: Yeah. Um. Um. So yeah. we got the NFL draft. Next, um, let's see, next Thursday. Thursday. Yeah, I think it usually yeah. starts April 28th. Next Thursday, the Niners are picking right now at the, what, like 20, some late 20s, early 30s at the most. Do we still have that pick or do we give it away for Trey? Shows what I know. Um, I don't know. Let's see. Someone keep us honest.
2: Um,
1: I don't think we have a first round pick we do not yeah we yeah, traded yeah. our uh our 29th to Miami so anyways all right well we will be updating y'all on whoever the hell we draft um in a couple of weeks but yes, a lot maybe. should be moving in the next couple of days as we get prepared for the draft
2: yeah hopefully we can we can get like a couple first and seconds back for Debo. best case scenario
1: i hope so man i hope it's not just some like second third and like one other pick for the future like give us some shit that we can make it make happen right now so yeah give us a Devonte adams type <laughs> package you know what i mean exactly um well moving on um we're in the thick of the first round of the playoffs um I figure we start with the dubs who got off to a great 2-0 lead against the nuggets um playing some of the best basketball we've seen them play all year um Everybody that's got on the floor has looked at their best. Um, maybe outside of Wiggins, but he's still playing well. Um, let's start with um, let's start with the nicknames. I figured that was one of the bigger conversations that happened over the weekend. What to call the 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 New Age yes. Death lineup, which is. Um, Also, I really hate that name "death lineup." I feel like it just came
2: from like Twitter, and it's just corny and bad. But go on.
1: It's also, (laughs) it's also something that we. It's like the Warriors have coined since the Harrison Barnes days. Like in the 2016 years, we our death lineup was like having Iguodala with Harrison Barnes and, and the rest of our core, and then it turned into KD. And it's like now we have a new death lineup, and it's the same core it's jordan pool and it's andrew wiggins um my favorite one i don't think i like would ever use it in some capacity but i thought ptsd was pretty fucking funny that one's funny yeah i saw that
2: um i feel like a lot of people are going to have an issue with that because it ties back to mental health <laughs>
1: but yeah i mean i'll never be like let's go ptsd <laughs> right it's 2022
2: so I, yeah. feel like, I feel like that one won't get past the initial stages but it is clever i like ptsd Uh, The one that made me like spit out my water when I was scrolling through Twitter is uh, I think Sam from Light Years tweeted it, but he put up a photo of of Fitz and Kalena, and the (laughs) caption was, Kalena, they're calling it the Fitz Five.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Fitz Five is great. (laughs) You just see
2: fucking Fitzgerald thinking it's all about him. It usually Um, is. I think uh, was Mike Breen calling it 3G during the game? 3g like three guard lineup which yeah it's fine i don't know 3g so passe though if we're on to 5g now right yeah we need 5g's not three right (laughs) (laughs) um incredible lineup though some of the most fun beautiful basketball we've seen since KD was on the warriors right
1: yeah so your boy somehow made his way into the building on tuesday night and uh or monday night sorry and uh caught game two um what a fucking entertaining game front to back, um, Jordan pool, which is a combination of like flashy passes. He had that nasty step back on Aaron Gordon, um, and, Steph, Boogie. The, and Boogie, sorry. Um, Steph, our new sixth man of the year, just coming off the bench. Once again, still filling it up with what? 29 points. He had 24, 34, and 34 20 minutes. Yeah. He had 34 on that. think 29 on, on game one. Um, they just clowned the war or the nuggets. Like they got in their heads. You know, you saw the clip of uh Barton okay. and Boogie going at it on the timeout. You got Austin Rivers chirping at the crowd, um, just getting fucking punked. You had Gary Payton giving Jokic a little butt tap at the end of a timeout and Jokic getting all pissed. I knew he was gonna get a T and get ejected at that game, just at the way he was playing and yeah. the way he was getting frustrated. Um just a demoralizing win for, for uh, <laughs> I don't know, like we just, just like beat the shit out of them. It was it was in a very fun and entertaining way that I didn't expect to see them come out the gate like this and how they've done it.
2: Yeah, me either. And I think a lot of the credit, I mean, the, the sexy pick and the, and like the the guy that everybody's given the congratulations to is Pool, obviously. But yep. I mean, the unsung hero who really made all this shit happen is Draymond. Dude. I mean, with, without Draymond jokic would have played the entire game game two and game one probably he is just like getting in his fucking head he's annoying him to no end he's playing incredible defense when uh the fits five is on the floor he's he's running the show and setting incredible screens like finding everybody open it is unbelievable how amazing dre's played and it sucks because it doesn't show up in the box score so all yeah. these people that don't watch hoops and just look at at the stats afterwards don't really realize how much his fingerprints were on the game.
1: It's, it's incredible how he's been able to defend Jokic and the way he's doing it. Like Jokic finished. And it's like, you can look at the stat sheet and Jokic is still going to finish with like, you know, 25 to 30 points a game. He's going to have those like, you know, high PERS, you know, things like that. Um, but he was a minus 26. He couldn't get them going. And, and, you know, like we talked about it last week, the team around Jokic isn't good, and if we can kind of, like, speed them up, get them out of sync, and just let Jokic get his buckets, but if we can frustrate him, like, it's it's the perfect recipe for beating this team, and I still think, like, game three, they're going to come out like gangbusters, um, you know, sure. do their thing. Um, I don't know if I sense a sweep still. I still think it's, like, games, uh, they'll win in five, but... Yeah, man, I like what I'm seeing. I'm confident about them going into the the next series. Um, if they continue to play at this level, I assume their shooting is going to fluctuate a little bit. But if they can play defense like this, like they they are unstoppable. Especially when you look at what else is going on in the West, which we'll get to in just a second. Um, yeah, it's that exciting. Defense, the defense has
2: been unbelievable, especially when the the um, PTSD switching lineup is like these guys are running around like. In a good way, chickens with their head cut off. Like the amount of switching and rotating is crazy, yeah. and like they are so locked in, especially on Jokic on the block. If Draymond's got him on the block, somebody's coming by on the help side, swiping at the ball. Like Gary Payton's played incredible. Um, he's he's definitely made his presence feel or felt on the defensive end.
1: Um, Otto's looking good. Nembia's looking crazy. good. Yeah, um, been playing well. Everybody that's getting on the floor has been playing really, really well. Um, and then you have Iguodala with his, like, neck strain. Um, he looks to be probable for game three. I'd honestly sit him once more and just kind of, like, make sure he's full capacity before he gets back out there. Um, I still think the only question right now is what happens and what the team looks like when we do go back to our normal lineup and get Steph in there as a starter. Um I think that's, like, right now the biggest question I have. I um, would love to say, like, let's just keep it as is, but in no way in hell are we going to ever keep stuff on the bench. So in his, someone's got to yeah. so get put out to the, to the bench. But um, I feel a lot better about it than maybe I did previously. Um, mm-hmm. But it's still a question that we, we still don't know how it's going to look.
2: Yeah, I think it's going to have to do a lot with matchups, too, depending yeah. on who, who we get in the next round, how we match up with them, what what their backcourt looks like. Yeah. Um, but it's going to be a very, very difficult decision for Steve Kerr to not have Jordan pull out there at the tip because that kid's playing out of his mind. The confidence is on 10. Um, I kind of just want to take this moment to, like, Gloat just a little bit. Gloat, fucking yeah, do it. I, I just want to do it. To, motherfuckers need to know, man, because people were sending him back to China. People were saying he wouldn't last me. the day. <laughs> like uh, the list goes on, bro. And we had faith. So I wanted to be known that we've been holding him down since 2019. It hasn't been a long time. He has improved greatly, but
1: we, we, we've been on the pool. Not going to name names, but. <laughs> To say, well, that was what, a year ago we thought he was going to be in China this year? Or someone thought they were going yeah, no, to name were be in China.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's it's just incredible. But, like, he's been getting it since, like, it's crazy to see how the Twitter timeline has changed from his rookie and the beginning of his sophomore year until now. And I understand, like, he wasn't playing well, but, like, people didn't see the long-term vision or... Like what he could be, right. and it it still blows my mind that motherfuckers couldn't tell that he was going to be a playmaker and a shot getter. I mean, when he was that was he was game. doing
1: it. He was doing it his rookie year. It just was not going in, and which the is fine.
2: Part is too is like he played well in college, right? He had a pretty good two year career at Michigan. He played he had a well. very good career. Michigan, he, he, he mm-hmm. did. He played well in the summer league after we drafted him. Mm-hmm. Obviously, with the freak injuries that we had with. Steph, Clay, Katie left like that's that's big shoes to fill your, your rookie year. And yeah. we threw him directly to the Wolves and he did not play well. Like historically to the wolves
1: on a shit team.
2: <laughs> Correct. So he was getting a lot of minutes and he was working through all of his uh, all of his tough spots. Yeah. So to see all that and to still have the opinion that like this kid can't make it in the league is just blows my mind. And to now see everyone sucking his dick on the Internet. <laughs> It's just like a crazy moment to to see all of the work that went into it, to see the date stamps, the timelines, yeah, and to, and to now be like, oh, like the third splash, brother, like you motherfuckers weren't there before, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and it's to, like, to uh, have, no, go for it, go for it. Continue. No, I was
2: I was just gonna say that like uh, he's behind one person for total points in their first two playoff games in this franchise. Wilt the fucking still heard of him. Yes. I've heard of him <laughs> widely known as one of the top five centers of all time. And Jordan pools directly behind him in that. I mean, I know it's one of those kind of like very niche specific type stats, but you can't, it really is what much it is. Better. I mean, yeah. it is,
1: it is what it is. So, so, so um, I had to take that moment. He's leading the league with, or leading the team with just under 30 points a game. I mean, it goes down to this. It's, it's, Steph's tweet in 2009 or whatever about we'll figure this out. Like, <laughs> I promise we'll figure it out. Yep. And it's your tweet calling out Jordan Poole is <laughs> going to be special when we drafted him back in 2018, 19. Yep. So it's pinned. You got to keep surfacing that. Keep retweeting that. I keep retweeting um, it every
2: game. I'm trying to get some more. That yeah, NFT that shit. NFT that
1: bitch. <laughs> let's
2: try and get the boy uh, viral. So if you guys listen <laughs> to this pod right now, go to my Twitter, Matt underscore Parati. Look at the pinned tweet. Give me the retweet, man. We, we need to retweet it
1: every time he untweet,
2: plays. Retweet, retweet, retweet.
1: Um. On that note, we didn't have a chance to talk about the most improved player and what a uh, travesty, what a travesty it is that Jordan Pool didn't even make it as a finalist. Um. So last week we talked about like we pretty much made a case, we begged, we pleaded for Jordan Pool to be the the most improved player. What two days two days later they told us to shut the fuck up and announce the finalists. (laughs) Go sit down. (laughs) Sit down, you nerds. So the (laughs) finalists ended up being John Morant, DeJounte Murray, and uh Darius Garland. Yeah. All players who made the all-star team. All players who so my thing is like, and I've heard people like make the case of like, you know, when you're drafted that high, you should be getting, you know, the most improved player, or you shouldn't be getting the most or when you're drafted that high, like, you kind of, like, get disqualified for making that or something like that. I, like, kind of agree with that, but I also don't because there's so many fucking busts that get picked, you know, one, you know, anything un- under 10th overall and have a few shit years. Um, I'm totally fine with Darius Garland winning it. I'm totally fine with him being a finalist. I'm okay with DeJounte winning it and being a finalist. Um I don't think anybody expected DeJounte to play this well. I mean, two years ago, he tore his ACL We had No idea what was going to happen with him. Right. Um, John Morant, I think, is horseshit that he's getting considered as the most improved player. It's so um, ridiculous. My thing is, I don't like second-year players getting most improved player of the year. It's like you have your rookie season, and for Josh's sake, he played really fucking well as a rookie. He run the his, he won the rookie of the year like the first 2 years he played incredible. He played great last year and his
2: first year. Yeah. So like and he steadily made improvements each year. But like he's been that guy. That's the part that blows my mind. Like he since he showed up in Memphis, he's been pretty It's been much his franchise player. Correct. Yeah. The day he showed up, it was his team he's played like that. He's led the team in probably most categories since he got there. So for fucking Stan Van Gundy's smug face to sit on that telecast and say that Jordan Poole shouldn't be considered for most improved because he was doing this last year. Get the fuck out of here, dude. What do you mean he was doing this last year? Yeah. He got an opportunity in the second half of the season after the G league bubble and he made the most of it, but he wasn't doing this last year. And the improvement even, even from there has been exponential.
1: It's like the last few people that have won it: Julius Randle, Brandon Ingram, Pascal Siakam, Oladipo, Giannis, McCollum. Like none of those players, outside of maybe fuck Giannis, like made a big jump though, right? No, I know, but what I was saying is like none of those players like were drafted right away, and the team was always built around them. Like Randle was in, the, in L.A., had a shit time in L.A., made it to New York, and like had a crazy jump in his career. Ingram, same case. Pascal Siakam came out of the G League. Like Oladipo yep. bounced around um, from the Magic to the to the Thunder. Like those are incredible improvements. Uh, Giannis was a twig before he got like his like stardom. John Moran's always been CJ McCollum. Like John Morant's always been that dude. Like <laughs> correct. He's <laughs> you been. You could like- make the case like Dejounte. He's always been really really good for the Spurs, but. No one really expected him to be at an all star caliber level this season. Um, Darius Gartland, it was like, do we keep him or Sexton? If it wasn't for Sexton getting hurt, who knows? So, like, but that's the thing that bugs
2: me with Darius, too. Is like, I understand he made the all star team this year and played great, but like, wasn't he still starting last year? Like, the entire season, pretty much. I know he was, I think he was off the top of my head, I think he was like a 12 point per game or 13 point per game guy, but he started. He was getting that opportunity. He was getting those minutes. So yeah. I don't know. I, I think it's, it's, it doesn't make any sense to me. It's disappointing. We had a fire shirt that we were ready to cook up and sell. If, if JP made the most improve, maybe we will anyway. I don't know.
1: Um, but it's a damn shame. It's a damn shame. Um, so I will, I will boo whoever wins it. Um, I care <laughs> less who wins it. Throw tomatoes um, on my television. <laughs> tomato, tomato, tomato. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we'll see. Anyways, looking outwards for this this ter- this series, um, game three tonight, um, they play in Denver. Yep. Like I said, it wouldn't shock me if, if the Denver, the Nuggets come out like gangbusters, punches in the mouth and walk away with a win. Um, I still feel very good about this series. And... It's looking like well, I still think we'll probably get uh, Memphis in the second round. I know Minnesota is going to put up a fight, but Memphis is a better team. So I'm looking out, prepping for Memphis already.
2: Yeah, me too. I, I think that like originally, I honestly thought that Memphis was going to sweep. I didn't think it was going to be much of a comp. Minnesota yeah. obviously came out and stole game one, and um, a didn't even steal it either. Like they they put a, a they beat the hell in. out of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, Memphis came back and tied it one to one, so I could see this going like six games for originally, sure. Originally, I thought it was going to be Sweep City, but man, if, if Ant goes off like he did, can we talk about real quick just like the amazing youth in, in this first round playoff run between Dude. our boy JP, who's 22, uh, Ant is 20, yeah, maybe 21. I think Maxie, he, Tyrese Maxi and Philly, who's, who's also, I think he was in the same draft class as Jordan Poole. Uh, this is maxi's third, third year, right? season yeah and he played one year at kentucky so he's probably like 21 years old yeah uh it's just the youth that's playing at this high level in the playoffs is so fun to see usually it's the same old song and dance you got your chris paul's your lebron james all the ogs but like these young dudes are kicking in the door and making a fucking name Fuck, for themselves
1: man. Even the Pelicans, their rookies, Herb Jones, Jose Alvarado, Otto. fucking
2: Ooh. guy. Yeah, they, they stole the game um, from
1: Phoenix yesterday. Yeah, that was nobody saw that coming. Yeah, so let's let's go back to the. Oh, yeah, I'm jumping. No, it's fine. Because we're gonna talk about all three of those. Let's go back to the Minnesota-Memphis, and less about the game. But what are your thoughts on like the sideline conversations that Chris Haynes is doing with uh, Carl Anthony Towns senior? Cat's dad, who's not as sassy as Cat. He seems like a fucking <laughs> cool ass dude. And uh, T Morant, John Morant's dad, who also just looks like Usher. I thought it was Usher to begin with. I had no idea that was Jaw's dad. Oh, yeah. um, there's a uh,
2: there's a classic photo on draft night of T <laughs> just completely outdressing Jaw. I think he had like on a pinstripe suit and a, and a fucking top hat.
1: <laughs> He's just so smooth. What a fucking baller. Um,
2: um, but I love it, dude. Like, I think it's been multiple times now that Chris Haynes has found those two on the sideline and interviewed yeah. them. And it's playful. Like they're just supportive fathers, but they're talking that shit. And it's incredible. Like yeah. T is telling him like, y- 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 y'all never want a playoff series. You don't want this shit. And he's telling him like, we, we stole game one. Yeah. It's incredible.
1: It's great. And it beats like the the pointless banter that they have with like Chris Finch at the middle of a, you know, after a timeout, <laughs> like, Oh, we got to keep playing defense. Like, yeah. Give me more of this, like, sideline interaction, especially if it has a connection to the players on the floor. And yes. when you have two dads like that who are, like, crazy, like, energetic, like, let them talk every now and then. <laughs> like, let's hear yeah. what they're saying. Let's tap in with them because they're going to give us entertainment. And um, I think it's a shame that they're putting this game on, like, MBT- NBA TV. Bro, that makes like, this no is... fucking
2: sense. Oh, man. my God. What dude. are they doing? Do they not know their viewership?
1: Like who puts asses in the seats? It's
2: Ant and it's Job.
1: Yeah. It's so I hope Everyone they change that. I hope they've changed that. And I'm not trying to see other games outside of the West. Um, so but yeah, shout out to them, shout out to Chris Haynes for doing this. It's it's a great yes. add to the games that are already like really exciting. Like you mentioned, I don't want to watch a coach
2: give like an ATO interview. Like they don't want to be there. They're gonna give a generic answer pretty much yeah. every time. Unless you were Michael Malone.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, That's your
2: boy. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, give us more dad content. Give us more family shit. Um, I saw a mm-hmm. video on Twitter that I guess Memphis during their timeouts plays whoop that trick. Mm-hmm. And they do like, Oh yeah, uh, they've been always they've been playing that for a while. I didn't know that. But uh yeah. they, they panned a Jaw's dad with his and Jaw's daughter, and they're both like swinging their t-shirts, like whoop that trick. <laughs> so the vibes are at an all-time high in Memphis, and I'm uh excited to see where that series goes. I would love to go to a Memphis game.
1: One, the tickets are like 50 bucks and two, yeah, they're playing whoop that trick all the time. Um, I would have loved to go to a Memphis game in their old stadium, the old pyramid. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm talking
2: about? That shit Hell, yeah, incredible. I think it might yeah. stay
1: open. Um, but yeah, great series so far. Um, staying in the West, we talked a little bit about uh, the Rooks on New Orleans, but... The other night, the Pelicans stole one game two against the Suns um, in a game mm-hmm. that most of us probably thought Phoenix was going to run away with after Book had 31 in the first half dapping up the baby, um, <laughs> <thought we're laughs> put them moment. to bed. Yeah. And he ended up injuring his ham- hamstring and it's looking sketchy for the Suns, man. They're saying he's will definitely miss game three, potentially game four, Um mm-hmm. And New Orleans is good as hell. Like,
2: Man, they're impressive. The
1: eye is looking crazy. CJ's playing CJ. well. I love watching um, CJ play basketball. Man, he, I love him on New Orleans. I love his game just
2: like in general. I, I think he has such a sweet basketball game. He's so skilled. It's really fun to watch him play. And I didn't watch yeah. a whole lot of the Pels this year, but you're right, dude. Like between all those guys, they have really interesting players. Like I love Alvarado. That kid's amazing. <laughs> I love how he's just got nothing to lose. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's just like so said, New York. It's crazy. Uh, Brandon Ingram looking like high as giraffe's pussy on the basketball court. He's killing it. He dropped 37. Jackson Hayes? Jackson Hayes. He's, he's like a pogo stick out there. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So I, I get why they're doing it, but it's still crazy to me that Zion is like, laughing in Pelican's fans' face by just doing like 360 windmills at pregame warm-ups and stuff, and then just not playing because the organization doesn't want them to play. Like, That's crazy. Oh, i would be so hot. But anyways, good to see them winning. Um, It does make this series really fucking interesting. As a Warriors fan, I love to see it. Um,
2: Yeah, I thought this was another sweep.
1: Yeah, anytime we can chop down some of the bigger dogs ahead of us, in whatever way, whether it's by adding more games or, you know, players falling out for a couple minutes or a couple games, having some injuries that keep re- getting reaggravated, um, just keep it up and puts the Warriors in a good position.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's only going to help us in the long run to, to keep these yeah.
1: Phoenix guys playing more games. So, yeah. yeah, we need the extra time for sure. So, <laughs> absolutely, I do yeah. feel bad for Book. Uh, I feel like- really bad for Book. I love Devin Booker. Um, So do I. He's got a sweet game.
2: Dropping 31 in the first half is just absurd. Um, So it sucks that he had to go out, but uh, it's going to be interesting to see if this Phoenix team can pick it up and get some wins without him.
1: Yeah. Um, Last thing I want to talk about on the East. So tonight when we're recording, um, Celtics won game two. Um, They're now up 2-0 on the Nets, which – I saw a funny ass tweet before we got hopped on. And someone was like, if, uh, info were info war is Marbury would have just got the vaccine. KD would not be so tired. Uh, <laughs> um, because tonight KD did not play well, neither did Kyrie. Um, oh. I know Kyrie's, you know, it's, it's still Ramadan. So he's not, he's fasting throughout the day. I'm sure that's affecting him. Um, for sure. But yeah, KD is, is he's looking tired and rightfully so he plays fucking 48 minutes a night throughout the whole season. Um, and tonight's shots weren't falling. And if the shots aren't falling, they're not going to win against a team like Boston. Totally. Yeah, He, I mean, for having an off game, he
2: still had 27, which which is good. But Steve Nash is running him and Kyrie into the fucking ground. To Dude. play Kyrie 40 minutes while he's fasting for Ramadan and to play KD, I, I forget what it was, but I just looked at um, – somebody tweeted out like KD's minutes per game for – the last like eight games and they were all well over
1: 40 minutes. He played 42 so. tonight. Um yeah, he finished with 27 but he shot 4 of 17. Like he Ish. shot it was all free throws. So like he yeah. clanked everything he put up. Got no Kyrie, legs. Kyrie finished with 10 points, played 40 minutes. Like Drag- Dragic actually had a good game and they had good production from the the, the side players like Bruce Brown had 23, Seth had a, had 16. Mm -hmm. um but like the steam is running out for them and there's nothing that steve nash is doing he's just sitting there he's just saying come on let's go and letting them just dictate what they do and don't do and credit to the celtics man they look fucking good um tatum is Mm -hmm. tatum is looking incredible out there can we talk about that game winning layup that, that tatum
2: had in game one yeah, dude. <laughs> what a play. Yeah. Just, like, down by one. I think they were down one. Time expiring. Just mm-hmm. moving the ball around. Marcus Smart finds him cutting. Beautiful cut off the ball and yep. spins to a layup for the win. That was amazing. That was beautiful. I, I jumped off my couch watching that.
1: Yeah, it was such a great – such a sick game winner. Um, it really was. No dribbles from him. Just a catch spin up at the buzz. Yeah. So fucking smooth. So, like, I am I still think Milwaukee is going to pull out, but I would love to see the Celtics get there. Um, yeah. Because this year, this like, compared to the other years, like, it's like their defense is better than I've ever really seen it. Like, their defense is incredible. And then, obviously, the way Tatum is just taking over games and Smart is playing some of his best basketball. Fresh off a winning of defensive player of the year. Um, which we'll get into in a second. So, yeah, man, let's go Boston, which which is crazy to say. Um,
2: Wild wild to hear that come out of your mouth.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Speaking (laughs) of let's go
2: Boston, there was a a very funny storyline from game one. I don't know if you saw it. It was pretty much all over the internet, but those horrible Boston fans (laughs) were just giving Kyrie hell, and, and he took like a junior high approach when he's about to inbound the ball and flip double birds behind his head. To, to let him know what was going on. He He's flipping them the birds. The he told them to suck my dick at the end of it. Um, yeah. I think he even ran by the sideline one time on an inbound and, and threw him a real bird to their face.
1: Oh, yeah. He was he, throwing birds all night. He was he was getting right. all sassy with them.
2: Which and, like, I'm totally okay with. I actually love that in the playoffs. Like, they're going to talk shit to you. Give it right back.
1: Yeah. I hate that he got fined for doing it. So do I. Because uh, they're probably bullshit. saying some racist shit. They're calling him everything done in the sun. Oh. Uh, over under how many n words did they throw out game? Okay. i don't want to know <laughs> neither I don't do know. i um but yeah i mean him throwing the double birds behind the head is like shit i would do back in like yeah. middle school just like <laughs> yeah <"What
2: the> fuck <laughs> to, you your, to your teacher
1: yeah <laughs> you turn around and the teacher's now
2: looking you're throwing her birds behind your head it's like
1: yeah fuck you fuck you fuck you so, um yeah, that was funny I, yeah i i do find it hilarious how they're doing that and then some of the comments like Kyrie makes after the game is like, "Oh, it's nothing." Like they're just talking. Like I'm all for it. It's like, dude, you're you're telling him to suck your dick. You're throwing birds. It's clearly getting to you. Um, yeah. But I love it. Um, it's a great series. The same Ben Simmons targeting Game Four. Yeah. His fucking ass better come out Game Three or else I mean, he's not going to get much out there. No. Um, it's not. So. But they're we'll saying
2: They have. What is Steve Nash doing? Steve Nash is playing nine a nine man rotation. Is it, do I am I looking at that right in the playoffs? That's that's madness to play that many people <laughs> on your team and you're still playing KD forty two minutes, and you're going nine men deep.
1: Yeah, I mean it's he it, he's gonna play Durant, Bruce Brown, and Kyrie the most. He should be playing Seth up there, but then he throws in like. Drummond and Coney play so much, so you got to play Claxton. It looks like he tried to get Dayron Sharp out there. Clearly, he didn't do anything. Um, Tragic had a good night, so I think like you can k- take some of the load off of, um, you know, Seth. Kind of rotate him with Kyrie with a uh, Gorin and Patty. But mm-hmm. there's no system with them. It's just like who's ball, who's going to get the ball, who's hot. Like, let's get the ball to KD. Is Kyrie? Let them work. And they don't make any adjustments. It's just such a poorly coached team. It is. Uh, it's
2: also. It's just funny crazy. To me, it's funny to me that that's like one of the big reasons KD wanted to leave the Warriors because to he play with this was, fucking like system with Steve Nash. I'm like, what do you like? Right. I guess he thought there was too much of a system in Golden State. And in his own words, not mine, I believe he said during playoff time that system shit is cool, but you need somebody to go get you a bucket. Well, let me tell you something, KD. You might need a little bit of a system in Brooklyn because <laughs> right. all this ISO ball, I mean, you can't play 42 minutes and score every point, bro.
1: And then you got Kyrie when they first kind of like got together saying like, oh, we don't really have a coach. We just have like a collective unit. <laughs> it's like you guys are doomed from the start, dude. Yeah, <laughs> With crystals all over him while he was saying it. Yeah. So not looking good for the uh, everybody's favorite Brooklyn Nets going into the season. They might get bounced in the first round. Um, you hate to see it. You just yeah, hate you to did. see it. Um, But yeah, anything else you want to talk about playoff-wise? That's Uh, all I got. Let's see. Watching right now, the the Sixers go up 3-0 with a game winning shot by by Big Joe. Um, It's going to look like Broom City. Broom City, potentially. Uh, Could care less about the Utah-Dallas series. Um, Yeah, I don't care about that. We got Luka coming back for game three, but whatever although i will say
2: shout out to uh our boy on dallas for going off of 41 jalen brunson man jalen fucking brunson and i believe since he was a second round pick when his contract expires this year he can get whatever kind of bag he wants i don't think that yeah he's unrestricted right so shout out to him i hope whoever gets him throws him the biggest louis vuitton bag full of yeah. cash that you could find
1: big big jalen brunson fan and on that note we got news yeah. today that uh Villanova's head coach, Jay Wright, announces retirement, which is it's Tears. always crazy to think for how young he looks. It's just like you think he'd be coaching till he was like you know, Roy Williams, Jay, uh, Roy Williams, Coach K age. Mm-hmm. He's only 60. Um, He just Sooner looks right. fucking debonair. Like he just looks like cool Definitely. and suave. He's got a nice That's head, of hair. head of hair. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So Sucks to see a, a legend in college hoops uh, retire. Um, but he had a hell of a career. Um, Dude, he, as a Carolina did. fan, that game winner back in 2016 or whatever that year, that oh, still I was, was one dagger. of the greatest plays I've ever seen in, in college basketball. So yeah, that was a good one. But, hell of a uh, run for Jay Wright. If you're going to hang it up, I think he's doing it the right way. He's getting out at
2: 60. So yeah. He's about to get that AARP in a couple years. Yeah. Um, He goes out with two NCAA championship titles in 2016, 2018. Two-time NCAA coach of the year. He's been in the final four four times. So if you're going to do – He's in the Hall of Fame too. Oh, you're right. He is already. 2021. He's playing – AP coach of the decade. Um, So, I mean, he he has every right to hang it up, and I'm assuming he's got a family and kids and – Spend some time with his with his wife, who I'm sure would love some more attention. So shout well, out to Jay
1: Wright going out on top. It looks like he's still going to be associated with Villanova as a special assistant to the president. So he's going to get out of the basketball world, but still be involved in the in the university and just get more into the like broader uh it's, academics of the school. So he's probably taking like a little Jerry
2: West type role. Doesn't want to be yeah. coach anymore, but still very heavily involved in the system. Yeah. And
1: speaking oh, of Jerry West, what a fucking segue! <laughs> so that leaves us. <laughs> how you doing? Oh, that was great. Um, do this so on day. that note, we're talking. We'll, we'll finish up tonight, we're talking a little bit about winning time. The episode seven was this past week, six. Yeah, seven. Episode seven. I believe um, so. We finally got the intro to Larry Bird. I was really excited to see how they portrayed Larry Bird. <laughs> These, the, the, watching the show, I'll just start with like watching the show and we'll get into it with like some of like the actual people's reaction to the show, like Jerry West and stuff like that. Yeah. I know they're exaggerating and they're embellishing a lot, but like <laughs> they're trying way too hard to make Jerry, Larry Bird of Hardo like that on the court. I thought that was fucking annoying. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I know he, he talks shit. I know he loves like he was like a very soft spoken person to the press, but. For someone i was so highly anticipating like to be like a sick character oh, i hate it. i did not like how he just like should fuck up magic the whole time i, I it was kind of weak
2: yeah i mean it uh, like you mentioned before it doesn't sound like they've gotten a lot of these characters very factual but i mean it's fucking larry bird like we've we've seen him through nba and the media and like for all these years, I think we all have a pretty good idea of what he's like and what he would have said and done. And I didn't think they did a very good job uh, with like the script, writing writing his lines. Um, yeah. The guy doesn't look terrible. Like he no, looks like the a looks solid. Looks like a passable Larry Bird. Uh, I do love how in his first scene he comes out chewing, spitting in a Budweiser <laughs> can. in a Budweiser can. A yeah. Bud Heavy can. That was cool. But like you mentioned, the rest of it, the way he, just interacted and and spoke i i honestly dialogue was just bad it was off it didn't didn't seem right and it wasn't as entertaining either like if you're gonna at least if you're gonna make it wrong make it entertaining and i didn't find it to be either
1: we're also like and this is why i might need to like look back in the history books a little bit but like everybody knows that like bird and magic yes, they had a rivalry but they were like good friends they were close with each other frenemies and to have it like where he's just like shut the fuck up fuck you like smiling bitch like it's just like what like yeah, i don't don't think he
2: was whispering obscenities to magic at press conferences
1: yeah like that was that was weak um wasn't a fan but other things that went on in in that episode um the lakers kind of get back to or they get on their road trip they lose the first games of the road trip to indiana detroit Mm -hmm. um paul westhead jason (laughs) seagull's character seagull's character is Losing his mind, Pat Riley's starting to come out in this character a little bit. He takes on a role as the assistant. He mm-hmm. uh, starts to slick his hair back. Um, kind of takes the, moment, the reins. The moment when they show him,
2: he obviously goes off on Jason Siegel for pretty yeah. much being like a no backbone pussy. Throws him throws him in the shower, turns on the water, looks mm-hmm. in the mirror and slicks his fucking hair back, shaves his mustache, and the great. legend of Pat Riley is born. Yeah, uh, they, they couldn't have done it any better. I loved it. Yeah, Adrian Brody is such a great actor. <laughs> Did you see also who made the newest cameo uh, in the, in this episode? <laughs> fucking Elgin Baylor. <laughs> Orlando Jones uh, as Elgin Baylor, also known as uh, what was his fucking name in The Replacements? Dr. Jones. Or Dr. No. Lee,
1: sorry. Sorry, Dr. Lee. No,
2: the, the football. Oh, not movie The Replacements. Fox.
1: Uh I got I'm got thinking right Drumline.
2: Clifford Franklin. No. Clifford Franklin, thank you. Sorry. Yes, Clifford I was thinking <laughs> up. Dr. Lee and- Drumline, another fantastic role. This Orlando Jones is a hell of an actor. (laughs) Yeah, he shows up as Elgin Baylor. I think Jerry West is pulling some strings behind behind the scenes to try to get Elgin as the coach because obviously he doesn't believe in Westhead for good Mm reason. Um, but yeah, that that was great. When I saw Orlando Jones at the payphone as Elgin Baylor, I was (laughs) cracking up. Like this is perfect. They did such a good job.
1: the The side characters throughout the show and the actors that are playing them is easily my favorite part of the show me too where it's like they start referencing someone that they're clearly going to get on the screen soon yeah and it's like all right who like at this point it's like who is this actor going to be yeah. and how hard am i going to laugh when they show up like the little like pause screen they show like elgin baylor and it's fucking yeah orlando jones <laughs> i think he like kind of has a list too <laughs> i yeah. don't
2: know why <laughs> he's, he's kind of doing like the uh yeah, I don't know. He he's he's fucking hilarious though. Yeah. Um, we also see a lot of uh, a lot more scumbag Magic Johnson in this episode. Mm-hmm. Magic is fighting and clawing to get Cookie to, <clears throat> to be his girl and notice him and and pretty much choose him. And she shows up in his hotel room and he's trying to convince her. They end up kissing, and they leave the scene as makes it seem like she's gonna be uh, with Magic for the long haul. He goes back in her ho- hotel room, and who comes out of the bathroom? Her best friend, Rhonda, who set Rhonda. them up. Unbelievable. So, I mean, you see from here what kind of scumbag Magic Johnson is. And <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure we'll get to this in a little bit, but as you mentioned, a lot of real people in real life are upset how they're portrayed on the show. Yeah. Kareem doesn't like it. Jerry West doesn't like it. Um, I'm sure if Dr. Buss was here, he would not be a fan. Mm-hmm. But Magic Johnson has no fucking say. Like, that's why he's quiet. Is, well, he has made some comments to, uh, in, you know, not on official interviews, but yeah, I'm not connected to the show. I, I don't support it. Well, yeah. they got you right on the nose, Magic. You, <laughs> you are like a, a
1: deviant yeah. <laughs> They're showing in this television show. Yeah. And you kind of see a little bit about, like, you get to know a little bit about how he was brought up when, uh urban senior talks to kareem a little bit and kareem's like what the hell is this guy deal like (laughs) does he ever get mad like does he have any idea like who he is and what people like how he's portrayed and stuff like that so i'm excited to see that bud a little bit um but on that note i think it was like two days ago jerry west came out and uh (laughs) demanded a retraction of man's uh, apology the way they're portraying him and an apology um kareem the other week had a substack article or like a post re- writing about how it's boring and doesn't portray us at all well and stuff like that so kareem loves um, complaining dude dude <laughs> lot, little, <laughs> just giving give, him, give him kareem just like a substack uh account and just letting him just right away he's always just talking shit off his <laughs> on his kareem, blog
2: kareem is like the old man yelling at the clouds
1: yeah yeah, it's it's great. He's just gonna keep talking his shit. But hey, back in the day, he talked his shit too. We talked about his uh yeah. letter to to Wilt Chamberlain back in what nineteen uh, Wilt Chamberlain. Wilt Chamberlain. We had that story. We talked about that on the pod. So Kareem's always been nice with the pen when it comes to talking his shit. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. Kareem loves to dip the pen. Um, <laughs>
2: yeah, it, it's. What does it say right here? Uh, Jerry West was an integral part of the Lakers and NBA's success as a travesty that HBO was knowingly demeaned him for shock value in the pursuit of ratings. As an act of common decency, HBO and the producers owe Jerry a public apology. At the very least, should retract their baseless and defamatory portrayal of him. Uh, That was drafted, I believe, by some high-powered Jewish
1: lawyer of Jerry
2: West, I would imagine.
1: And hey, and... nothing's going to happen because at the end of every episode, there's that disclaimer. These are not in any way associated portrayals of the real people and the events. So Correct. you can ask for as many apologies as you want. You could demand what you want.
2: It ain't happening. It ain't happening, so.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Shut the dreaming, up and watch Jerry. the show. Dreaming.
2: <laughs> yeah, not, not great. Um, so yeah, we've got three episodes left of the first season as far as like timeline on episode seven, I think they, they slated the Celtics game to be like right after Christmas time. So Mm -hmm. three episodes left, I'm pretty sure it's going to take us up into the playoffs and probably the championship. Yeah.
1: Um, uh, That's my, my expectation. Um, It'll end with, you know, Kareem going down against Philly. (laughs) Did you see that picture of all the actors playing, uh, oh my god dr (laughs) dr j whoever the fuck's playing dr j we are in for a treat because they had that there's a picture that came across of the actors who are playing kareem magic larry bird and dr j and they're like off the set dressed up in their in their gear taking a, a picture together and we haven't met dr j just yet in the series um but the actor who plays him It looks like if I was playing Dr. J, it doesn't seem like him. He's like fucking like eight feet, eight inches shorter than everybody. No Afro. It's just such a bad, bad portrayal. So hopefully they make it look better on the show. Um, I'm excited to see Dr. J, but that picture had me rolling on it when i first saw it It was hilarious
2: it's so disappointing though because like of all the people that you want to get right in a tv show like this the coolest man in the
1: world Doctor the coolest
2: coolest person of that time of now even he's still the smoothest coolest cat in the world yeah Yeah. and you're gonna miscast him like 1979 dr j 1980 dr j was a fucking beast man and a cool like the man so to, to to disrespect him with casting a five five dude that looks nothing like him, I don't know. We're gonna he's gonna show up in the last episode. And we'll watch some have TV some good like
1: angles. Better have some good lighting. good camera angles and yeah, everything else because my expectations are very low for that part. Very low.
2: And to and to add on that, one thing that I was very uh, pleasantly surprised with was how they showed the Boston Garden in episode seven. Like I thought that, that was, was great, fantastic. Uh, Job at that creating and, and uh, designing the Boston Garden looked mm-hmm. just like it, um, and it cracked me up too. As far as like they were playing the simultaneous uh, Chick Hearn and then the Boston telecast, and Chick yeah. was complaining the whole time, and Boston was like, uh, "Oh man, these refs are really, what a great yeah. ref, ref <laughs> game, <laughs> perfectly officiated game." Yeah, it's it's amazing how how well they captured like the essence of Boston in 1979
1: and LA. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. Good. Um, but yeah, man, the show's been great. It continues to be great. Um, I'm excited yes. for the next couple episodes. Um, but yeah, that'll uh, that'll wrap us up for today. For those watching um, and checking out these uh, these clips that we might be posting, Matt's got a nifty little sweatshirt on. Um, we've officially gotten to the merch game. Uh, soon to be selling those shirts, sweatshirts that you see here. Um, premium hoodies premium Premo. primo hoodies i'm fucking excited about it it's taken us forever to get them together cannot wait to get them in the hands of our lovely listeners so be on the lookout for more information around that and um who knows maybe we'll make some uh jordan pool should have won most approved player t-shirts we got some good shit cooking um yes but yeah, the boys are getting in the merch game. Couldn't be more excited about that. Yeah, absolutely. So look it out. We'll
2: we'll we'll post some shit. Um, but but look out for uh for pre-sale orders for these hoodies. We want to make sure that we get all the right sizes and, and get them out to you guys. So we'll put something official out, but be on the look.
1: Sir. Sure. Um, well, thank you guys all for uh tapping in with us. We appreciate you guys listening, subscribing, following, all that good shit. And um Yeah, anything else, Matt, or do you want to take us home?
2: That's about it. Um, shout out to everybody for the support. And uh go does, man. Go Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole for MIP MVP, greatest player of all time.
1: Um, the list goes on. We love you guys. We'll talk to you guys next week. (laughs) Peace.